Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. You touching some leg over there? You got some skin? You guys doing over there? The salmon. I need to put on the GoPro view. See what's really going on? Oh, yeah. I see what's happening hey, over here. Hey, hey, aerial view is not a lot. <laughs> you pay extra for that. <laughs> well, wow, someone's paying for something. That's for his OnlyFans. Is that turkeys? Or? That was one of the ideas. Uh, one of the cameras got stolen that we checked this weekend. And one of the guys was like, <laughs> Dave, Dave was like, you know what? What I want to do on all my SD cards is just add a folder and title it OnlyFans Content 2020 and just like have a virus in there. But when they check it, ooh. virus. That's sassy. Somebody steals your SD. Your SD. I'm not going to go with what PTSD. acronyms that could mean. But this is the OKest Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me, the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Forgot to do this. Okay, got it. Welcome back to the OKS Hunter Podcast. We're in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I feel like every week someone's like, no way, Oconomowoc. And I'm like, yeah, Oconomowoc. We say it on every episode. We must have got a new listener. Ocon. OK and Ocon. We're OK and Ocon. Uh, what am I saying? This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. All the things. We don't know what we're talking about. What's that What's that comedian that Matt likes a lot? Von? Von? Um, Von? Von? Theo, Theo Von? Von? Theo Von? Yeah. I don't really know what I'm talking about, and, and I never have. <laughs> I think he's, like, quoted saying that at some point. Yeah, sounds And that's like how it. I feel. I feel the same exact way. I don't know why you guys listen, but we are brought to you by Half Rack. So uh, check out half-rack.com if you want to save 15% on, you know, your your uh, hunting gear, hunting accessories. Uh, they have a lot to offer. I've been rocking the meat lug cooler uh, quite frequently here for beer purposes. So I've not packed a deer into it yet. I don't know that I have a big need on the deer front as a Midwest whitetail guy that hunts 10 feet from the road whatever, or whatever the legal distance is, 100. Well, we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, they got a lot of things to offer from bow cases to gunslings, gunslings to little chairs, little snack uh, packs, snack packs, hunter hangers, hangers. Yep. They got all the good stuff. Actually, you can get it on our website now. If you go to OKSHunter.com, you can buy half rack stuff from our field gear page. So if you don't want to visit their site, you can visit ours. And you won't get a discount. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think you will. I I should probably make that a thing. Or they can put in the code that we give them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 As I'm talking through that, I realize I should figure that out. Uh Uh-huh. You could also go to OKSHunter.com, and we got some new stuff. We got some stuff piled up on the green chair in here. You can't see it. Uh, But I'll be taking photos of that later tonight and getting some new swag merch hoodies on our on our uh, site all i can say is it's uh, for the all day sit 
Oh, those are in. There they yeah, are. They are. Yep. Excellent. I got some. We got camouflage hoodies coming in this week too. Real tree camo. Bottom one's like really hard to get, but I'm working on it. Uh, might be a next year thing based on supply mm-hmm. availability from suppliers. What else is on our website? We have buckcrunt tubes. Matt Strime makes weathered them. oaks. Weathered oaks stuff. He yep. cuts down trees and uh, wears a lumberjack suit. He actually goes toe to toe with that axe dropping guy on TikTok that wears no shirt, and Matt kicks his ass. All and day. then he gets out his uh, lathe, and he spins it by hand. Um, we have him in white, no. oak. And He's got trained squirrels to turn the lathe <laughs> while he yeah, whips out his yeah, sharp pocket knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he had the lathe, but the squirrels stood there, and they were the ones <laughs> chopping on it. They were made the shape. It's a trained beaver. That's what it's trained oh. beavers. He's got a. That's he's for got the a, moose call. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> yeah, he's got a herd of beaver that chopped on the trees. A herd. Yeah. What do you call a group of beavers? A herd. I don't think I that's don't, right. I don't, I don't <laughs> that's right. right. You call a herd of beavers. It's usually a family. I think it's a flock. <laughs> Flying beaver. There's got to be a, a barrage of beavers. <laughs> barrage. You had to think of something with a B. That's good. Bitchin' beavers. Um, <laughs> let me get that for a t-shirt for Matt. Bitchin' beavers game calls. <laughs> just a beaver chopping down a tree. The call. Yeah. And then just a giant stack of wood chips on <laughs> No joke. I think he should do that. We should get in our... Who's a designer listening to this podcast that wants to design Matt Strine with Weathered Oaks Game Calls, a beaver shirt, chopping on a tree to make a game call? But but we have... Uh, is it? It's white oak and... Black walnut. Black walnut are the two options you can mm-hmm. have on our site. You know who bought one in Iowa? I do. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Brett Bomer? Uh, Mike? Oh, no. Uh, Josh! Josh Bomer. Wow. <laughs> Old JB. <laughs> Give me a second. Old JB. He bought, he bought one in our. Uh, we were like babysitting us kids for a while at the booth. Wouldn't wife. you just? Wouldn't you just crap if you turned on YouTube and there's old Joshy grunting in his next 200 inch buck with Matt's Boy, I weathered tell you oaks, bitchin' beavers call. <laughs> <laughs> I think bitchin' beaver calls cool. would be a way cooler name. <laughs> but no, they're really high quality. They 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 sound amazing. They look beautiful. And and uh, we got one hanging on the wall here. Derek, you have one. Greg, I think I do. you have one. Um, they're not called bitchin' beavers, but nonetheless, check that stuff out. I don't, we don't promote self-promote hardly. Like, I don't remember the last time I did not to mention, we have a whole podcast network. We have two more podcasts coming out of the network within the next two weeks. We have OKS Hunter, which is what you're listening to. We have OKS Fisher. Greg's one of the co-hosts of that primary guy. I think, I don't know mm-hmm. him and Matt are like identical. Uh, what do they call those fraternal twins? Uh, sure. <laughs> They're not identical. Whatever, whatever you say. You guys look a lot alike. I mean, just very docile demeanors and gentle giants. And I'd still want him on my side in a, in a bar fight. One hundred percent. He's yeah. But and then we have Up Duck, which is put on by uh, Jeff and Matt and Tyler. And I'm not going to say all the last names right now. Jeff Ludicky, Matt Jeski, and Tyler Meaden. Uh, and Tyler's got nicknames for those guys: the Mud Motor Maestro and. Uh, I can't remember the other name he calls Matt, but um, the duck season opened up on Saturday. And I so. think you should probably listen to whatever the next podcast is, because I think From Tyler might yeah. have a story about how the opening day went for him. <laughs> it didn't go well. Didn't go well. <laughs> go figure. Uh, and if you don't know who Tyler is, you can you can listen to Up Duck or you can go watch the OKS Hunter show on YouTube or Carbon TV. And you can, for episode one, Tyler makes a, a good show of it. Uh, what else? We have the Onset Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Brownell out of Virginia. So she's rocking and rolling over there. She had two podcasts go live in the last two weeks about uh, beginner hunting techniques for waterfall and for whitetail. Awesome. Um, am I, what, is that it? I think that's is it. Is that all we have right now? 
That's all we have for right now. Up duck, like onset, OKS Fisher, OKS Hunter. And we have two more coming. Uh, one will be habitat land management uh, from the southern parts of the country. And another will be about turkeys, but not not what you think about turkeys. Like, it couldn't be further from turkeys while also talking about turkeys. It's going to be a total mind death. It's a whole other realm. Yeah, it's another realm of the turkey. The realm we don't know. Yeah, realm that no one's ever heard, actually. So that's it. Uh, partners, a thank. Go wild. Cheers to go wild. Go go spend your money over there. You're better off spending it there than a big box store. Those guys are local to Kentucky. Hardworking dudes doing great things. Um, you post over there. You get some monetization stuff. Check out Spartan Forge. We just did an episode with them last week uh, with Bill. The updates are amazing. I invited you guys to Blue Force Tracker on a random. I just chunked out a plot of property yeah. near your house. I want to see how that works. Um, the I don't know if you guys listen to that one, but the way like you can use historical wind stuff. I didn't. I wasn't using it the way that Bill talked through on the episode, which is what I was hoping for. And I'm pretty nerding out on it this week as I try to quickly <laughs> scramble to find a property to hunt. I highly doubt that I've used it in any of the ways Bill would suggest using it. <laughs> right. Because he knows, he knows that stuff so well. It was cool. We actually broke down some like legit properties that could be huntable. And I was like, how, do you, how would you do it? As the product owner and the hunter, what are you going to do? And it was awesome. Um, code OHPN, go wild. Code OHPN, Spartan Forge. You have to go to SpartanForge.ai, enter the code there. And then when you go to log in, you'll, your 20% will be realized. And Latitude has platforms back in stock. Yours is on the way. Uh, I got confirmation. So I think like the order was dispatched. I don't know if it's shipped yet. And um, the method two is the, is the jam right now. And then what's the, what's the, uh, the rope? The, the new 10 millimeter rope? Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, it's just smaller. It's smaller diameter. It's lighter weight. I think they said it's like a 40% reduction in weight and it's stronger yet than the old 11 millimeter well, stuff. That's mind F right there too. Yeah. Is this for linemen's or bridge? Both. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, I like what I have, but I guess smaller and lighter sounds kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We don't, we don't have it. We've not used it to say, not Hey, yet. it's great, yeah. but that's the nicest compliment you've ever given me. <laughs> <laughs> smaller and lighter. Can throw it further. All right, we do have a Shut guest up. on with us. Um, let's see here. I can get the, all the buttons working. We have with us Sean Jordan with the Adaptive Outdoorsman. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you betcha. You know, it's it's unique being on the other side of the chair. Yeah, how many? Like, okay, we're just gonna run right into it. You got a podcast. Um, talk about mm -hmm. that. How long you been doing that? Well, I started it up around 2020 and then around 2021 is when I went live and it was bi-weekly in the beginning and then went to semi-weekly and now I'm trying to be a full weekly podcast. Good for you. Yeah. I love the I love the full send commitment and uh, yeah. consistency. Consistency over time creates more opportunity, man. I don't yeah. know how you got into ours. I don't know if you reach out to me, I reach out to you. Someone introduced us. My life is a whirlwind, so I don't know what is up or down or left or right. Definitely don't know well, north and south. But yeah. uh, uh, I believe it was uh, the Rookie Hunter well, in the Onset uh, podcast. I, she, she gave me a follow, and I looked into it, and then I saw, oh, she's part of a network. And then I saw you guys, and I'm like, I'll just talk to these guys a little bit. That's hey. awesome. <laughs> Holy crap. So where, yeah, where are you located, actually? I'm in Northeast Indiana. Indiana. Cool. Mm -hmm. What's it like hunting in yep. Indiana? Uh, 
warm right now. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> you yeah. guys got a cold front coming too this week? I'm hoping. It's 85 degrees right now. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just puked my mouth a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm not going out and hunting in 85 degree weather. No, I I made the mistake and did the opposite. We were down in Illinois for their opener this last weekend, and I think it was 89 on the opener. And uh, yeah, I sweated my way into the woods. I sweated my way out. I sweated while I was in my stand. Came out just a lot of lighter, sweating. Huh? Yeah, a lot of sweating. And uh, I got a blind where I you know, on the private land I hunt, and even though it's open enough to let a breeze in, there is no breeze going around. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> just, no, no. And sometimes a hot breeze doesn't even help that much. No, no, it just hot, adds no. to the sweating and the misery. Yeah. So talk about, like, okay, um, what is adaptive outdoorsman? Like, I know there's uh, some significance to that, the name that you've chosen uh, as it relates to you personally. Um, mm-hmm. Can you break that down? So I got the idea because I was wanting to do something in the outdoor community, and I was at the gym, my local gym at the time. And a friend of mine was trying to get me into adaptive athletics for strongman because I like strongman. And that's when I got the idea for being adaptive outdoorsman. So kind of a simple one there, you know, doing that. And I just want to tell people stories, talk about the history and legacy behind it. I want to get disabled trappers, which, is hard to find uh you know fishermen and hunters of all kind and i actually want to talk about the historical figures in the past like the mountain men who you know through inevitability of being exposed to the elements or you know incidents and accidents had to go about with disabilities because of that or people with disabilities and what and you you yourself you have I'm yeah. gonna, I want to. I don't want to say it the wrong way. My wife is a teacher, and there's correct ways to say things, and I'm not very cognizant of them. So I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. But like, you do have uh, a disability yourself that I think would help yes. you navigate those conversations. Are you comfortable sharing what that is and like what that's like for you? Yeah, I've talked about it way too many times. Just completely dulled out now. Well, good. Then, then, then I won't. Then I won't be a blunt object here. That's great. Thanks for making. No, no, that's better. my. That's that's my job. Okay. <laughs> I was born with bilateral club feet, heart murmur, malformed calf muscles, and a few other lesser physical, you know, uniqueness. Pretty much, like arm won't lock out all the way, or finger won't close up all the way properly you know just the minor stuff that really don't even matter but uh mainly born with the bad feet and so pretty much think like permanent fists for your feet as a baby and you're having to walk on the sides of them and so then they had uh they had surgery at one and a half on them I had metal pins put in my feet to straighten them out. I had to wear the braces. And with club feet, literally, surgery is the only cure for it. And doctors said I'd never walk. And then afterwards, I was trying to keep up with my brothers and put a pin through my toe. And the doctors told my mother not to keep me from walking. And she said, he's got two older brothers. You tell him that. No <laughs> Mind doubt. you, I was two. Yeah, yeah, so you can't keep it too much. Pretty much, 
I, I've had the deck stacked against me since the day I was born. So, and pretty much been saying, nope, I'm doing it anyways. Hell yeah. Good for you. Do so, you, you see the whole uh, head against the wall thing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about like historical figures. Um, mm-hmm. have, have you done much reading up on Theodore Roosevelt and some of the things he had to overcome uh, in terms of adversity and disability growing up? Yep, I have. Um, I was wanting to also talk about Daniel Boone, Kit Carson, guys that literally exposed to the element so bad that the arthritis was kicking in and causing them problems like Boone. I mean, it was in his 50s, the cold exit affected his arthritis so bad his wife had to hold his rifle for him who was that and which one was that daniel, daniel boone. boone holy daniel crap. boone go figure Jeez. yep and so pretty much he had to she had to carry his rifle and then he had to shoot because he couldn't hold the gun anymore wow that was yeah. arthritis in so, his hands yeah, yeah there's a lot of inspiration you can pull from those figures i think the adversity that Roosevelt's a really great case study to to follow because he yeah. it was very early on where his yeah. dad had told him like you can you can You're not like, gonna be anything. You can be a victim of this or you can find ways around it. And he just from that point forward, yeah. like never looked back and dealt with all of it. Yeah. And it was it's pretty fascinating if you dig into it deeply enough, like how he rose to who he became and where he started. Like, oh, yeah. There's no chance he should end up with half of that stuff. It really gives us no excuse for anything in this life <laughs> when you look back on that kind of stuff. Um, and and for you to overcome that. So, like, is it... I imagine it's, like, how much has the surgery helped? Is it still very challenging? What's it like now? Well, I ended up having another surgery. I was supposed to have a, a lot of surgeries, but due to circumstances that I think are actually worse, better for me. And in the long run, I didn't get any surgeries till I was 21 and 25 again. And that was a triple orthodesis fusion. And one of the reasons why I had that was because I have scar tissue on my feet and everything and in my feet and on my Achilles tendon. And so after working 10 hour days or whatnot and coming home, I could literally feel the tendon retightening up and that was just extremely painful. And yeah, so definitely getting the surgeries helped out with that, but I am still in pain every day. Yeah. That's hard to deal with then like pain consumes your mind. When you have pain yep. with something, and it's all you can, you, your brain can barely get past it. Yeah, after a while, you're just like thinking, okay, this hurts. Somebody who's never experienced this, they'll be wanting a walker. So then, you know, getting outdoors uh, in some capacity, like where did that appetite come from as an um, adult? And, and with dealing with that, like where in your mind where you're like, I'm going to go outside and go on hikes to kill deer. <laughs> Like, how did that come well, to be? Well, that came to be before my son was, well, no, just a year after my son was born. I never actually went into hunting, and although I had a shotgun from when I was younger, and I wanted to bond with my father-in-law. My wife's uh, father, 
he's big into hunting. I had never done much of that. And so I did up my homework on it and I wanted to bond with him. So I got my shotgun, got some slugs for it. And this is a youth 20 gauge single shot break action thing I'd gotten when I was, I think 11 and I'm busting this thing out at the age of 29. That's awesome. Yeah. So I do what all amateur hunters in their first time do. I get the Walmart camel pants, borrow some thermals, and wear some flannel, you know, layer up as best I can. And I'm wearing a coat that I wear from work, and it's blue. And blue hoodie, I smell of metal and steel and oil. And this is opening day, November for firearms. And I'm wearing steel toes. You got to be pretty cold. <laughs> oh, I was shaking. The, cold. the steel toes in general have to be horrible they for your great feet. Great insulation oh. value. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Especially around the Metal toe. pins in your feet and then you got some steel toes oh, yeah. wrapping around it. That yeah. sounds like a recipe uh, for I've, uncomfortable. Well, I don't have the pins anymore. I got nine titanium uh, screws in my feet. Oh. Including a couple of self-tappers up the heel. Fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? So, all that fun stuff. And then I was putting the uh, hot hands down on the toes, thinking, okay, this will work. didn't work. No. Nope, not one bit. So, my feet are freezing, I'm freezing, and here comes the sunlight, and I'm happy as I can be with the sunlight. <laughs> freezing, sitting down on one of those uh, tree-mounted seats at ground level and I'm looking down this small ravine area at a uh, public land. So I'm hunting on public land for the first time. This isn't even private. And so I watched a video the night before of the does will come first, then the bucks. And that's all I was thinking about. And I see the does come out around eight, 10, eight, 12 or so. I get up and look at them, whisper to myself, those are doe sit back down. And here comes the buck. He comes bounding down and I aim and shoot and miss. And he comes literally behind my tree at perfect 20 yards. And I've reloaded just in time. And I put one right in his bread basket. I, and he gets put on his back. Yeah. 20 like, gauge at 20 it, yards. Big old slow. Yeah. That'll knock him down. Yeah. And I'm thinking now, you know, as an adult, as a seasoned hunter, you should have just sat down, relaxed, and just enjoyed the time because he would have been dead. And instead, I start loading. I'm shaking up, and then he come, gets up, and he comes to the other side of me on my left side because he bound out around my right side. And my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, who went hunting with me that year, they're in that general direction. So now I've got to be careful where I'm shooting this deer at. I think I miss him because he goes off and bounds out, but I know I definitely hit him because I did draw blood. And so in my haste, I didn't realize, Hey, you got to sit down and relax and let the thing die. And so now we start chasing him almost immediately. My father-in-law shows up and scolds us about it. Okay. So we're going to continue looking for blood after this. This was around 8.30, when I shoot the buck. And so we're trailing blood till about 10-something 
and either he gets in a nice lucky spot where he's able to relax and we can't see or get into, or some unlucky son of a gun decided, Hey, free kill because we never found him. And we saw a lot of blood. You wonder, you never know what happens. So I learned my big valuable lesson about losing deer on my first try. That is a hard lesson learned. When when you're a new hunter, you're like, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. No. Unless someone's there to teach you. And it sounds like you did, but it was like a moment too late, you know? Pretty much. Yeah. I know I called these guys and I got a a buck with the bow last year. I was like, I know I would know better than to go chasing this thing down. But what am I looking mm -hmm. at here? What happened? Like you can analyze the arrow and see the blood and all that stuff and make some assumptions. Guns a little bit different. Yeah. You're not going to analyze the bullet. (laughs) It's just different. Uh, Yeah. Usually I'm trying to aim for a double lung with the private land I'm on is uh, bow only pretty much. So... It's got to be, so I use a crossbow for my area because that's what my father-in-law got me learning how to shoot a, shoot from instead of bow. But, you know, just using a crossbow and I, I don't go past 40 yards because I'm not that confident myself. And I actually talked to a crossbow expert from 10 point crossbow technologies. And even she said, you could have the best crossbow on the market and you better be aiming at 40 yards max, 50 yards, probably max. So that's I good to go hear past. someone say that. Cause that is a big controversial, uh, contention point with crossbows is that while well, they're accurate up to a hundred, yeah. it doesn't mean that you should be yeah. shooting at a hundred. Right. Yeah. Kind of living, no, she living says, animal. yeah, there's, there's too many variables. Yeah, that's right. And it's better to play it safe and shoot accuracy uh, accurately and safely too i mean 20 40 yards double lung them call it a day so far the shot you guys are taking with your bows confidently depending on like you know the visibility you have in shooting lanes <clears throat> i killed my furthest one was a 42 yard shot with the bow that's that's a poke it was a poke you yeah. didn't drop the string or none of that no i'm assuming it was a he it could have been a she well i don't know no, nope, didn't drop the string. It seems like, I don't know, he's walking in water. So that probably played a little bit of the. Oh, yeah. He probably didn't hear it. You know, walking in water, stop when I'm at, and then shot right away. The reason they jump the string is they already, you're already their focus of attention. Yeah. You know, that's when they jump the string. If they've locked onto you and the game is over already, it, it is. It's over already. They're going to jump the string as soon as they hear a noise. As they know danger's coming. But if you can catch them off guard when they're looking a different direction or, you know, walking along, yep. water, weeds, whatever, your your odds are a lot better. Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. We got everybody here. Is everybody is it is it best practice to say, meh, to stop them, right? Or to not and just let it rip if you think you got one. If you think you got it's the best moment. practice to never do that. Yeah, I I've never unless you have to. I've never made a noise to stop a deer. I wait for them to stop or very much slow mm-hmm. down in their pace, you know, taking a couple steps and as soon as they slow that pace even more, then I'll touch off. It's uh especially if they're close. If they're within 20, 
ideally do what he just said. Don't do it because as soon as you do, especially if you're elevated, especially if you're over 12 feet. Yeah. It's unnatural. They know. That's a way to put it on high alert and ask that deer, hey, do you want to duck my arrow? And then they look, and if they plant both feet, like, and this is why that buck I shot at 42 yards, I literally, and I was already ready. So, like, I shot almost yeah. immediately when he stopped. But, like, you see a lot of shows, like, they, the deer stops, turns and looks. Now that deer is ready to duck. Both feet are planted. It can duck. Yep. You know what I mean? But if they're it's walking. It's spring all coiled up, ready to, ex- ready to go. That's exactly what it is. You're alerting them. You're letting them know. So, like, I don't know. I would say never do it if you don't have to. But I've done it. I, I didn't do it with the one above Greg over here, the 2020 buck. And I'd misjudged the pace he's walking. It was a very awkward shot. You guys have heard me tell the story. I had to cock my bow and all that jazz. And I had him far back and I instantly was like, oh no, I totally messed this up. And I got incredibly lucky and hit the femoral artery. Yeah. That deer didn't know he had been shot and he bled out in like four seconds. It was game over. It was awesome. Super ethical by accident. Nice. Um, the one over here, he was within about 20 yards but he was like about to he was like aggressive he was all agitated by another buck and a hot doe and i think he was just like you know bully walking around like he was distracted he had stuff to do i said man thinking i if i didn't get him at this one spot it wasn't going to happen he was about to hard charge back into the cover and he did look and he didn't see me based on i had and i remember you guys tell me you have more time than you think once you say that but time is relative. So when I said that, I was like, I better mm-hmm. shoot instantly. Right mm-hmm. So I probably did. It just probably felt longer. But it worked out. He, I don't know that he dropped it or not. He, no, where you know. hit that deer, it didn't. He didn't. I mean, right there. You can see where the broadhead hit. Right there. That deer didn't jump string at all. He was just turning and moving around. And when you touched off and he was angling towards you, so it was a quartering, quartering two. two shot. Yeah. Where it exited out the back ribs and through the gut. Maybe, and I don't know if it's the same, you know, like, I would imagine it is, like, with your crossbow. But, like, shooting target and practicing with bow and arrow. Have you ever said math at a target? To see how long And then shot? Yeah, and, like, even when Um, you... Go ahead. Um, My first buck I shot and successfully harvested, he caught me red-handed and he was literally facing me and i'm like and he was doing the stomping and snorting this was a year and a half little buck and i literally took aim right at his chest and i shot and when that bolt went off he turned at the last minute it hit his plate and then hit every artery on the way down didn't even hit his stomach and then popped out his stomach area didn't hit a single vital organ and you got him though? Yeah. He literally hobbled off about 60 yards. And I thought he was a freaking down tree. I looked over and his mouth was near the bolt, the bolt sticking out of his belly line. Near his, where it would be belt line for us. And looked like he was trying to get that thing out and he just passed out. That's crazy. Crossbows yep. shoot. That was a straight on. They shoot so straight fast. Straight on shot. Like they're very loud, yeah. but they're very, they're mm-hmm. at least double the speed of a compound. Mm-hmm. That arrow's moving uh, at a speed that's like ridiculous. In some cases, we're talking like 500 feet per second. Well, that one was my father in law's, and that was about 215 feet a second. 
That's an older one. And so it was one of the yeah, older one. And then I got this recent one I've been using for the past few years now. And that's about 315 feet a second. And that one I took my second buck with, which he scored a 141. Wow. Yep. And so, yeah, nine-pointer, big boy. And he was chasing a doe. He did not know I was there. He stopped, and I had a ring literally from tr- around with some trees had just created a little, like, ring around his vitals. And I double-lunged him, and he kicked and went out about 20 yards back into the staging area, and he was dead within about 10 seconds because I just heard the crash. That's awesome. Congrats, man. Yep. How, so how many... Last so- year, I... I'm sorry. What I was going to say, you've been hunting since 2020. So it's, so you're on your third year now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You just use, ter- uh, you just use the term no, staging area. I've been hunting for a very long time. I only just came to know that area, that, that term like two years ago. <laughs> so you're, you're well on your way. Term last year. <laughs> so I, I started hunting when I was 29 and I'm 30 and I'm 38 now, I believe. So, okay. Yeah. 38. So yeah, my son was one years old and he's nine now. So yeah, eight years, give or take a few years. And there have been some years I haven't harvested anything like in the first few beginning years and, you know, a few onset and offset, but mainly I've been being productive these past few years. I scored the only kill I had last year was opening day doe. There were seven in a field near me. I shot and missed all of them. The first shot, three of them went back into the little staging area where the big buck died. And then one came out and I swear to God, I'm in the blind reloading a crossbow with, you know, ropes and whatnot. And she is looking at me walking around the whole time. I get up and ready to aim and she bounds about 10 feet stops, gives me a perfect broadside and I pop her with a double lung. And she crashes in the exact same spot the buck did. And Wild. Then, and then the work starts. Yeah. <laughs> Greg knows all about that. Pretty Greg. much. Is that uh, from a ground blind then, the blind you were talking about? Yeah. What kind of blind yeah, is it? Yeah, it's is a it... homemade ground blind. Homemade. So those blinds yep. are pretty fancy. It can literally, yep, this one can literally fit two full-grown men that are about six foot five comfortably in director's chairs. Yeah, that's it. That's in a style that I've been exposed to just because I haven't had that type of access. Like I don't have, I don't, but it sure sounds nice on a cold day that you could throw a heater in there or at least block yourself from the wind, dampen some of the noise or even yeah. some of the movement and so forth, like director chairs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound bad. And given, given the fact that you have a disability, like more power to you to have access to something like that. We had, um, uh, we, we, our podcast used to be called the where to hunt podcast. And I think when we were in the where to hunt days, we had the accessible hunter on um, and he hunts out of a, a, a wheelchair and he uses his mouth to pull the trigger on, on his bow. Yeah. Um, and great. He's killed some great, great, great deer. And he, like, it's just interesting. We don't consider the accessibility component of hunting. We're talking about running a gun and being mobile, getting into thick spots and stuff. And we don't have, that ability to the extent that maybe some others do like mm-hmm. you still want to get like it's really interesting when you talk about when you were when you're describing um sitting against that tree on public land for that first time you watched youtube video the night before 
There are so mm-hmm. many walks of life enjoying the same thing. Our common bond is this hunting experience, the outdoors. You you saw these deer come up, you stand up, no, they're just does, but your heart's probably already going. And then a buck shows up, you shoot him. Like oh. the the number of people that are trying to enjoy what that is and what that means, it's different. It means something different to all of us, but it means very similar things. But we all feel it differently. And it's important to remember that. Like not everyone has the same access. Quite literally, your mm-hmm. access is very different than ours. Like how how far are you hiking? Are you taking a four wheeler, a side by side? Are you hiking in? How far? Like what is the what is the journey to the blind look like? Well, the blind is in the open area of about two acres, so it's in the back of the two acre or area, about an acre and a half. So I'm walking several hundred yard, about a, over a hundred yards or so, back to the blind, and it's pretty much away from any buildings or anything like that. So I don't have to worry about that. Are there certain boots that are like, like given your, given your like condition you have, is that, I mean, you're wearing seal toes. I'm wearing, but like, I was just curious, like now that you're not wearing seal toes anymore, (laughs) at least out of the woods, hopefully you've learned that lesson, but like, yeah. Nope. I'd be wearing the straight up. uh, I'm thinking about Cabela's a while back and they've been using those just straight up rubber boots because the hiking boots that I've bought, they're no longer waterproof and walking through that sort of thing. And just wet feet don't sound good. No. And in the mornings, everything's wet. Even the green, like you're not maybe crossing water, but yeah. you walk through tall grass, like your feet getting wet. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not putting something and on your feet that can, yeah. Oh, it, it stinks with that area back there. It, the land I hunt on is like a, a complete uh, limestone slate underneath. So water retention and back there is like it floods from heavy rains. Interesting. And you're like stepping in slightly raised puddles. And so, yep, it's better to have those on. (laughs) Yeah, I I would imagine so. I love rubber boots. Yeah. Yeah, so I've gotten used to it. It took a little bit because I wasn't used to it, and I was afraid my feet were going to slip out. My size 13s, I was afraid they were going to slip out of rubber boots. Well, I like them because they're like slippers. You just slip them right on. There's no, like, yep. The going uh, on is always easy. It's the getting them it's off that's so always so hard. Know, you walk a bit and get all sweaty and everything gets sticky in there. Yeah, and you're trying to... yeah they don't really. Oh, yeah. it's even funner when you can't move your feet. Yeah, I, can yeah, I bet you that's so a real my... struggle. Yeah, my feet hang down, and so they glide against the surface, so I have to lift my feet up higher, my legs up a little bit higher, and yeah, it's so I was afraid that they were going to fall off or whatnot. Nope. But getting them off is still the fun hard part. <laughs> I mean, my I've, I remember there's been hunts where my dad had to sit down his tailgate, and I had to go pull his boots off for him. I couldn't get him off. Can you give me a hand over here? Yeah. Can't get these boots. He's like really giving her and he couldn't get them off. Like, jeez. If you ever go over your boots in water, crossing a creek or whatever, yeah. there, like he said, the oh. suction, it's so hard. To yeah. Get. <laughs> like, Except if they're, they if come they're off really easy boots. when you're stuck in the mud, though. That's, like, that's guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Then, time then they won't stay on for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave a boot behind them. I'm like, ah, there goes my foot. Ah, dang it. <laughs> New meaning to muck boots. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like that name could have gone the other direction for them in a bad way. Muck boots, blah, blah, blah. You're damn right. I feel muck every time. 
but no, they're good. We I, I still use the gum leaf that we got years ago. Mm-hmm. The royal zips that zip down, so those are a lot easier to get on and off because they zip. On the inside or what? Yeah, there's like a flap. Yeah. No, there's a there's a zip on the outside, so it's a, a zipper. It's great for people who struggle, and even still, they hug at your ankle. Yeah, you big good. calf. I think they're nice boots. Good rubber quality. I don't have the, I don't have a big calf. I don't think I have I an exceptionally large calves. calf, but I don't know, Greg. You have. I feel like you might have larger calves than me. You want to do a calf? I got bigger calf forearms off? than I do calves. You got some big forearms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got bigger forearms than I do calf muscles. So you got little calves. Well, that makes sense because you got, yeah. It's not like they're getting worked out well, the same way either. Well, I can't move my feet, so. Right. Right. Yeah, calf workouts, use the gym, you're doing the tippy-toe raise or whatever. So They're malformed, not... so they'll never grow. That's crazy, man. It's really yeah. interesting. I keep As I'm talking to you, I continuously keep forgetting that you have this because you would never know because you're, you're just a dude. You know, that loves the outdoors and you have to, you have to deal with this. You're overcoming that. And and so mm-hmm. like, you got into it because your father-in-law does, you want to bond with him, but you've stuck with it. You're 38. You've been doing it for what, eight, eight-ish years, give or take. Yep. And, and so you've grown occa- to love it on your own accord. It sounds like. Yep. Do the occasional waterfowl, morning dove, squirrel, d- bunny. I like calling bunny. Just yeah. slowly. Yeah. Just slowly getting it up and learning how to shoot them and whatnot. I finally broke into the squirrel hunting and harvesting last year, actually this past January and December, and actually ended up getting some bunnies too with a 22 with iron sights. Cool. Greg loves small yep. game hunting, don't you, Greg? It's, it's just, it's a fun way to pass the time. It hones your shooting skills, um, and they're good eating. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, you can... Squirrels, there's several different ways to do it, but I mean, you can throw them in the pot with the rabbits and slow cook them in barbecue sauce, and you won't know the difference. I have a clip of you on this podcast talking about bunnies being like God's gift to hunters because they're so easy to just yeah, process. Yeah, I mean, they're they're designed for people to be able to clean. They yeah. really are. I mean, you don't need necessarily a knife to clean a rabbit. Squirrels are grab, a pain. Squirrels to are clean. tough. Squirrels are a real pain to clean. Rabbits are really yeah. But I I tried the tail removal method with a squirrel and it just didn't it, work. It takes practice. You, you need a block of wood to be able to get in there just right above the hams, hit that tailbone, yeah. get through the tailbone. And a lot of that's where people struggle. Is they don't hit a joint in the tailbone. They hit one of the bones of the tailbone. They don't get close enough to the rump to get it just right. And then it all goes to hell because then all of a sudden you're working it too hard and all of a sudden there goes the knife right through the tail and you got a tail and a carcass two separate pieces and now you got to try and rework it. So then you got to get your fingers underneath that thing, grab, you got to have strong fingers and, and pull. Yeah. You know, you're better off putting your heel on the, on the legs at that point. Cause then you're going to have a pair of pants and a, and a shirt essentially. Do you know how terrible this would go for me? Oh, I think we need <laughs> to have you video rolling. possibly we, imagine we how to do a frustrated I would get? You think Elmer Fudd swears when oh. he gets mad or Yosemite Sam? It's, I would just, the frustrating. I, I can when feel I myself that, getting frustrated. Even I, I that, can think through it. This I is, mentored that squirrel hunt last year. Yeah, for Tony. At, for with, no, I wasn't with Tony. Oh. It was up at Doug Duran's place. Gotcha, gotcha. And so we did it for BHA, and I had my mentee clean while he did the same thing. He cut the tail off. 
well, now what do we do? I said, well, we're not wasting the squirrel here. Let's let's get through it. Right. So that's exactly what I did as I stuck fingers underneath the, the hide and, and pulled. And it actually went pretty good, even with the squirrel being kind of cold. It you know the warmer the better usually yeah. for skinning for skinning anything, and yep. uh, it it pulled off fine. We got it. I got the meat cleaned up. We were able to dip it in a bucket of water, wash the hair off, and clean the guts out, and all was good. Yeah. Yeah. I end up, I end up uh, with a squirrel I bagged this past uh, August. I bu- I shot him, got him out to, you know, clean him and whatnot, and I was following the one of the episodes of Meteor, you know, where the cut around the tail, cut through the anus, clip out the bone, but keep the tail on and, you know, pull with the legs with the foot on a block. And I'm pulling, you know, very gently, but assertively. And then the tail literally just pops off. Yeah. Completely. And fur and all, I'm like, you son of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're supposed to not do that. Yeah. Even when they're dead, they can still frustrate a guy. Nope. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I def- The apple falls eh. right under the tree when it comes to <laughs> who I learned a gut from. You put me and my dad next to each other, and it's an even-keeled race with the same frustrations and sweat dripping down the brow. I can just imagine. I would pay to watch you... Do, do that while he was gutting his buck I with was, him telling you <laughs> giving you directions well, greg's very patient and nice I, I, this I, is true i i made my way back across the river and went, i'm like i'll just go get the sled you can deal with that you know <laughs> come back and there's still stuff in there i'm like dude you missed some stuff yeah i, I wasn't sure there's all this green stuff in there yeah yeah i can smell it Oh, we got to reach in there and get this. And, you know, and same thing with this buck. There's like just a little bit of something left in there. I'm like, dude, you got to get all that. That's right. That's right. We'll, we'll learn you. It's fine. Just take some, take some practice. You got to shoot another. I don't know what happens to me, but I get this level of frustration. It's like I th- if I, I do think, a math problem. I think you get a little anxiety about it. Like, all right, let's just get this done. I don't want to waste it. I, I don't yeah. really know what I'm doing. I don't understand anatomy and I'm not going to be taught it. Not because I'm a curmudgeon. I will not be taught. <laughs> it's, just, it's just <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like I can look at a picture and study it till the cows come home, and then I can go do it, and then it, like there's no relationship in my brain about what I learned and what's happening because it's so abstract to me. And some guys are like, "No," and this is where the muscle comes together here, and this is where I'm like, "What the? How the could you possibly know that?" Because they've probably done it 200 more times than I have, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, I do this once every." Four years. And well, that's why. If you that's don't why. It, you, you need to do it, it every year. Is that true? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so I get I get really worked uh, up. My dad too. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, 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 Dad. I know you're listening. Uh, that was my impression of Chuck Clark. <laughs> I get I get right in job. there, and I I do a complete necropsy of the dang thing. I'm looking just where say, I shot. That's a fun word. Necropsy. Yeah. necropsy. What it looks like. What the hell does that mean? I learned it from Giannis Patelis. Well, but that's what you need to learn to do too: is start necropsia. Doing, is that a good a, thing or a bad? Thing? Necropsy of of the deer. See, it's where, like an autopsy. It's like an autopsy. The, right. I want to get to that away. level. But you're going to be able to see where your arrow went sure. in, what it went through, where it went out. Yeah. And just kind of determine, mm-hmm. you know, what you're dealing with. What you're dealing with. What kind of goo it had to go uh, through. It, I really like to bring my buddy Joel plus, with me. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone in a movie you get a butterfly knife and like, let's that's, do this. That's Yo. Joel. 
And he can gut a deer in about ten seconds flat. Yep, he's pretty fast. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's a ninja with it. And if he's around, he's like, "Can I can I gut it? Can I do it?" I'm like, "Please have at it." That's why I haven't learned because every time Joel's around, he guts my deer for me because he really wants to. And I'm like, "I really don't want to." If he's around, I we'll be done twenty I, minutes faster. But you'll have learned nothing. I will have learned nothing. Appreciation. You'll have every, finished a beer, maybe. Every, <laughs> Meanwhile, my buddy Mike's eating beef jerky. Yeah, my bad. Go ahead. Every single deer I've had, I've had my arms down in their gut cat in their chest cavity, and it's just yep. something cathartic about that. Or Absolutely, irony, one of the mm-hmm. two. Yeah, I and have, it's part of the rite of passage. Yeah, yeah, I've come to mm-hmm. accept that. When I was first getting into it, it really, I didn't. <sighs> the first deer I shot on my own that I got it on my own. The first year I ever shot my dad got for me. He's like, I'll do this once and you're doing it from here on forward. So that's how it went. So the next year I got, the next year I did on my own. Pulled up YouTube in the forest, set it propped up against a knife on a stump and was like, try to figure this out. And I didn't realize how like vigorous you had to be with things, how forceful you had to be mm-hmm. with things, how things can tear and how that's okay. I thought it was like this delicate process. Like I thought I was a surgeon and I didn't know where to cut and I couldn't see what I was doing. And it was like, a problem and then my dad shows up and he's like what are you doing watching youtube get out of here let me you gotta pull eric you gotta really pull he's like and it looked like a scene from dexter there's blood on his face i was like shit dad maybe that's why you don't want to go there i was like what the it's the esophagus (laughs) you grab it and you rip yeah that's what it was hold the head and and then after that i was like okay i think but my buddy mike who's he's only got a handful of deer he only gun hunts he loves gutting deer, and he's actually pretty damn good at it. Dude, you when your hands, Mike get... would be good at it. You just wouldn't. When and you, he's he is. I'm like, when you wow, do it Mike. enough times, you'll love it. Done it your twice. hands get cold enough, you'll love yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last year, opening oh. gun season. <laughs> yeah, My God, was that ugly? Windy and chilly. Yeah, let me get. Let me. I'll gut this one. Uh, yeah, I, I got it. Three. <laughs> like, yeah, you did. Doing the womp off of Star Wars. Yes, exactly. Warm my Same hands. idea. Crawl right in there. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> like Star Wars reference on the podcast. It just really sucks when it's. It really sucks when it starts to uh, gel up and yeah. conge- just congeal. And it's like, all right, why are you sticking this stuff? Get away. Knife sticks to your hands. That I don't. That yeah. Oh. I'm always like, is my knife suck or what's happening here? I think it's no, it just congealing. Gets, That's yeah, a fun it just word. Comes. It, yeah, it turns the glue and it just yeah. covers your knife. And I never thought that's why it's important to have like field wipes close by to be able to clean, clean your it up, keep her going. I have a clean sharpener. it, hone it again. Yeah, yep. I have like one of those little like yep. I don't know, whatever. Carry that in my bag because God. Now you ever have, have problems knife. with? You ever have problems with the esophagus? Because that's my Achilles heel right now. I, you know, I've cut that's, my own that, fingers on that. I've seen a lot of one. people do that. And honestly, he's got it. It's all I feel. also, but I also, unless it's a buck that I want to keep for mounting, I want to be nice Which, to the, that's, you got to yeah. do things a little bit differently. More exactly. With bucks. Yeah. Cause you were, you were like, oh, how far do two, I go? I'm like, yeah. sternum, that's as far as you need yeah. to go. If you're going to get that's these mounted, you go to uh, the yeah, sternum, but those, about it. I'll open them up right to here. Sure. And then it's real easy to get the esophagus. Otherwise, you're kind of reaching in. I mean, you were, you through can just the, cut underneath the, throat the diaphragm. If you wanted to, that's not a great way to do it, but you can. Yeah, I I don't. I just I just reach in there, and, and after I've got a knife clean enough, and you know, wiping knife off on leaves or whatever, reach in there and, and get it. 
you got to go elbows deep sometimes. Do any of you guys bring mm-hmm. the, do you guys use the, the bone saw and split the hips, the back? No, do you? Because I've been with people who did yep. that, and that's not that's something different. I ever grew up with. And all of a sudden, See, I was like, what my are you dad doing would do there? It. And they're like, oh, we're splitting the pelvis here. Yeah. And they cut between the back legs, open it up. So, like, so when you pull the, there's, you know. There's a plus and a minus. The plus is, is you're opening that up and allowing that meat to kind of pull away and cool off faster. Because that if, if there's one part of your carcass that's the thickest that's going to sour the fastest, oh, especially when those two is are together, right at those hams, right right at the ball sockets of the hips. So it'll it'll sour quicker because it just doesn't cool fast. I thought you were talking about sour ball something else. Sour ball. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Good work with the sockets. <laughs> taking a turn. Sorry, but but yeah, I mean it allows it to cool. But my dad would do that. And the problem is, is when you're butchering, and for whatever reason, if you stuck your hand in there, then then it's a sharp edge, Very and you got to worry about cutting your hand open. I've done that. Well, and there's pressure because you got so much yep. weight on both sides. But even too, like with a doe, I'll split the sternum. That's sharp. That 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 can be sharp also. So, you know, it's really sharp is the knife. I was like, well, I'm bleeding, and I don't know which blood is mine or the deer's. Am I going to get AIDS? Like, I don't know what's happening here. AIDS. And uh, it's very scary. Lord. <laughs> but I was like, somebody to take over, because this kind is a bad What kind of you cut. hanging out with, man? I don't know. CWD? Free, I'm going to get mad cow There's disease. Who knows? Like, West Nile? Yeah. It's all things out there in the wild. And mm. It's very scary. Um, and the other fun one is uh, when you find a broadhead in a buck. That's always fun, too. That, Those are sharp. That is not yours. <laughs> That one is not yours. That <laughs> one is not your brother. I wonder you. how long that one was in there. What's the, uh, well, and you can also quarter it up in the field too. And I've never done that. That's something actually very curious about trying sometime quartering it up in the field rather than just gutting it. You still got to haul all the I want to get the briskets. Yeah, you still have to haul it up. Of course. Yeah. You're not going to leave, you're not leaving it there, but. Right. But you got to haul saying, the bones and everything. is different. Yeah. You know? Game bags. Yeah, but still, we have to haul the carcass out. We got to haul like, bones out. We can't leave Jared bones Norwood, who man. who hunts Arkansas, and it's hotter than balls there all the time. It's like he's hunting ninety some degrees. He's hiking over you know foothills, and he's like, I'm I'm uh, quartering that thing up and dragging out a meat bag because I'm not dealing with all that the heat component. I don't know. It just seems like a totally different thing. So is that the rule in Wisconsin? Yeah, all bones have to come out. Bones have to come out. Why is that? You can leave the guts, but you're supposed to take the bones and the hide. So the body cavity, mm-hmm. yeah, with the ribs. Yeah. But if you so drag it out, what's this the point, difference? Throw it over your shoulders and carry it out. Why? It's just the CWD rule. because the prions. Well, like a deer, it. a deer dies. Yeah. It lays in the woods. You you got it out and it's you bleed there. it. You bleed it there. I mean, you got blood and gut matter. It's I don't understand it, the logic. Still full, I didn't know that you had to do that. Mm-hmm. I thought you had to take like head proof of sex. And obviously all meat. But if you if we you know you're gonna take out all the bones, we might. Yeah. We'll but if you quarter out, the, how uh, is that different? You're just doing you're the taking, same thing. You're What's essentially the taking some of the bones. Carrying it. But out west, when they when they quarter an elk, yeah. or they they're deboning most of it. They're leaving the ribs. They're leaving the spinal column. Yeah. They're they're leaving most of the hide. So you the would hide debone stays it right there. in the field. You're essentially deboning you're supposed in the field. To. Yeah. And I'm not challenging you on this. I'm just curious. You can take out quarters, hind quarters, front shoulders. It's just easier to wrap them in a game bag and throw them on your pack and haul them out. And with a whitetail, that would be pretty easy. Oh, it'd easy. Be, be real simple. I mean, yeah. guys, pretty easy. Keep in no, mind. No, I mean like to carry. Oh, like The quarters on a too. deer yeah. are not very... Yeah. You know, they're no, they're not, not that heavy. You could carry out. I can do an elk on my own. I need, I need someone to like help me figure out the anatomy of an elk. 
Well, and it depends on your condition to carry it too, right? Like, yeah. dragging is hard. Carrying heavy weight. Yeah. So, what are you doing really when you're hard? carrying a deer like, out? Like, that's got to be hard on you, right? Um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. My bad. Well, when I bag my 141 buck, I've been doing deadlifts, been in the gym, and everything, and this was on grass. And he was just sheer problematic to pull out. It's really, I just don't pay attention to the pain much. And I just, you know, I'm pulling as best I can on his antlers, praying to God, nothing comes out, nothing comes off of him. But then, thank God it was private land. We pulled a pickup truck and just dragged his butt back. But usually it's, I'm, hauling it in i've been doing a lot of the stuff you know trying to get the deer to the area when i was on public land and had a little bit of help but i'm still the one pulling on the deer and trying to get the dang thing back to the truck so yeah you must have a pretty high pain threshold or tolerance considering like you're always in some it's like the hulk he's always angry you're always in pain so like what's a little more maybe to you not so much to me it's death <laughs> I quit. No. I'm not lying to you when I say I'm feeling stinging sensation in my toes right now. Man, that's awful. And I'm sitting down. That's awful. And you're working all day. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I didn't? Guys, I yeah, just so... realized I forgot to change the title of the episode. Nice job. I said I had everything memorized this week and I didn't. I can you gotta make that list. What was the title supposed to be? Not what it says. It's not the TikTok side of hunting. <laughs> nope. So clearly not. Yep. I do not have a TikTok. I tell you the number of times I think I have everything covered, I forget something every episode. Hey, three out of four people in this conversation don't have TikTok. I, I don't have a TikTok. I understand. Has a TikTok. The, well <laughs> I have a TikTok. I don't have a TikTok for my uh social oh, medias for this. All right. And I don't use TikTok at all. In fact, it's pretty much just from the wife. Yeah. Well, I have the okay Hunter has a TikTok. Eric Clark does not. Eric Clark does not need a TikTok. We post a shit ton of content to it on okay Hunter. Mm. It's a battleground over there, yeah, guys. I... <laughs> I do what you gotta do. Half tempted to, but I don't know what to post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really gotta watch I, I... it there. It's trickier because you can't post like you can't post grip and grains hunt stuff. You got to be very cautious. If you like, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but it's just a, it's a different beast. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not yeah. worth it, but it's also, it depends on what your goals and objectives are and what you're trying to do. It's pretty, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people on it. It's the number one social media app in the world. So, uh, the audience yeah. is definitely there. Yeah. I was wondering why it's, I was wondering why it said the TikTok side of hunting. I thought that was just part of the whole. No, that's re- me just forgetting to update stuff. stuff, which I will do in post. So I will, uh, where the, where this lives in social media, will it will look different than what it says right here. Hey, I got a question for you. Not TikTok right. related though. <laughs> so hmm. you had mentioned that you started hunting, wanting to bond more with your father-in-law, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've got kids. Is that now something that you're wanting to kind of pass down? And you talked a little bit before about like the tradition, the lineage, like, is that something that you're wanting to pass mm-hmm. down to your kids? Yeah, yeah, I got one son, but I have two nephews as well, and they're 
15 and 13 or so and yeah they're wanting to get into hunting too and i've been wanting to get them into hunting and so this year they didn't get their hunter's edge yet done so hoping next year so i can take them out during youth season very cool cool yeah but awesome. yeah i believe in doing that i mean a lot of the nonprofits that i've interviewed they like taking the next generation out and we're not going to have a hunting and hunting in general if we don't have the youth getting into it you got it it's harder and harder to get them into it because they have a lot to be entertained by damn so. kids are on tiktok all the time work that's why we're there to get them into hunting <laughs> well you keep, someone's got keep working it. with the adult right. onset hunters too and you know maybe they're gonna have kids someday or they do already or nieces and nephews or mm -hmm. a neighborhood kid or something they're they're gonna be able to you know help pass the torch in some way shape or form yeah, I'm hoping my nine-year-old eventually gets back into it. He likes it, but then he learned, you know, the killing aspect, and he's like, that's bad, but then he also likes bacon, so. <laughs> How do you He'll think that around. hog died, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, I've um, already explained it to him. That's, bacon is a, yeah. that's a gateway right there. Keep tugging on that string. Right. <laughs> venison bacon, bacon is a thing. Oh, venison bacon <laughs> is really good. It's really good if it's done right. Yeah. I want to smoke some venison brisket. Man, I don't Greg, know. That's Greg, that's a tough one. It'd be a dry one, wouldn't it? It'd be awful dry. I mean, that's one. They, that's an experiment. I've seen, I've seen some recipes online. They say you do it for a lot less time. Yeah. And I think I would treat it like a venison roast that I've done, inject it with some beef tallow, wrap it in bacon fat for a majority of the cook then take the bacon fat off and put the dry rub on and then smoke it the rest of the way yeah worth because, a shot. You know, i like think it's said, worth a shot i mean in venison brisket's a small hunk anyway mm -hmm. so you're not really nothing else it's you're not supposed to try yeah you're not spending a lot on it yeah you're not yeah i mean i was talking to a professional smoker when i asked the question about the roast and i feel well, a bacon weave will translate the same way, so Yeah. Interesting. And then you then you can cook up the bacon and actually have that. True. Well, can you tell us <laughs> oh wait, do we have a caller? I was just about to bring her the plane in for landing, but I think we got someone on the line. This ought to be <laughs> interesting. The, they didn't say their name, it just says Derek is a sexy beast. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> hey Brian, you're live on the podcast. How you doing? Derek! Who are we talking to? Brian Johnson. Oh, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it, dog. <laughs> you been out celebrating? Uh, a little bit. I got, I'm, well, I'm currently pushing my one-year-old in his cozy coop up and down the driveway <laughs> until my knees hurt. And then my wife's inside. Uh, breastfeeding the newborn because it's dinner time. All right, man. Living the dream. Painting, painting a hell of a picture here. <laughs> well, we live in the middle of absolute fucking nowhere. And uh, all, there's there's not a paved road for miles. And uh, so I'm, I'm in the grass so that I can hear when you answer the phone because if I was in the gravel... 
then I wouldn't have been able to hear the phone. How long, how long were you waiting? <laughs> but, like five minutes? I didn't know you were in the call queue. I just um, didn't anticipate any callers. My phone, my phone says I've been waiting for six minutes and 20 seconds. All right. <laughs> Kudos to you. Sorry That's for impressive. the wait, buddy. Man, Sorry for the wait. I would have known that. I would have brought you in No, I, I, I think I, sw- I swooped in at uh, Homeboy was talking about getting his nephews into hunting or something. Darn right. So what do you got to add to the nice. show as a so, caller? You got a question for our guests or oh, some uh, stories? No, I don't even know who the, who's on. I just want to call in and talk to you guys. <laughs> That sounds it's awesome. my birthday. Hi, I'm Sean. It's my birthday. I'm about seven. Hi, I'm Brian. Uh, it's my birthday. I'm about seven oh. beers in. My, uh, I got two kids that are like a year apart. My life is pain. And uh, but I finally got to shoot my bow today. Woo! Woo. Happy bonus. birthday, bow shots. That sounds different than yeah, birthday well, shots. Well, my but... brother-in-law finally got the cattle out of the... We had cattle in our uh, at our house for months my brother and like where i shoot my bow if i miss it's going straight into some fucking beef (laughs) and uh side of beef sounds pretty good (laughs) so right so i uh that was gonna be an expensive fucking mistake so i waited till i got the cattle out and not only that i hadn't flushed a single arrow because you know i got one toddler and one newborn and it's just a like I said, life is busy. You're a busy guy. But it's okay. Yeah, my nice my m- son uh, nice shoved a drumstick day. down my other son's throat this morning, and oh, then he wow. puked. So I'm not sure what the <laughs> hell that was all about. But that, he wanted to and drum then, on his and lungs. Then, <laughs> and then I had to take a poop, but I couldn't because there was an entire roll of toilet paper in the toilet that I had to fish out first. <laughs> well, so, you know, kids. Am I well, right? I get this <laughs> shit. So <laughs> I, yep. my one-year-old, I have a, I have a kid that he's, uh, he was born September 20th. He, like, kids he's share, tiny kids compared birthday? to what the first our, one was. I think our kids well, share a birthday. September 20th. What's that? Our kids share a birthday, September 20th. Nice. Well, mine was a week early, and I was at work. We barely made it to the hospital. He was fucking born in triage. Really? Wow. It was a, yeah, it was a shit show. Well, we were not tending in the triage room, but we weren't. We, we didn't even have a doctor in the building when the kid was born. Like it was, we were in the room for less than 15 minutes. Like they, we weren't even in the system when the kid was born. You live in the middle of nowhere. I can't imagine the hospital's any good. Was, Where are you at? Well, um, the closest hospital with a birthing center or labor and delivery or whatever is about 40 minutes. So, that's Dang. a hump. So... I work for the county that we live in, and I was in. I would work third shift, so she called me at like midnight. Called her, called her mother-in-law. Her folks live down the road. Called her. Uh, she sped over to the house to take care of the older one. We got up. So we got to the hospital around. Took me about a half hour to get home. We got to the hospital around one thirty. <clears throat> Couldn't find a place to park. You know, that whole ordeal with it being in the middle of the night, we had to go through the fucking emergency room. Then we had to find our way up to labor and delivery. That was a 20, 30-minute ordeal. We were in triage for like 40 minutes, and then 15 minutes later, the kid was born. I'm glad you called in. Wild time. I'm glad you called in. Uh, Good luck to your garden this season, buddy. (laughs) And I I also called to tell Derek that we just got our newborn pictures done yesterday, and he's going to have a uh, painting, another painting to make for me for uh, Christmas. 
Oh, beautiful. All right, I'm just finishing one up for another friend. Fine. So, you know, I got a good practice. You just send me those photos right on over. I'll have you another one. Yeah, I'll have the uh, the end of the month. I'll have those for you. Sounds good, buddy. I'm crying. But anyway, so yeah, I'm just I'm really pumped about deer hunting, but I can't I can't really go this year much. I'll send you pictures, big guy. I, by the way, my strategy oh, isn't do. working. If anyone heard my strategy, it's not. It's not. An I told you it strategy. wouldn't work. It we all go, said it's never going to work. It's never going to work, Eric. Yeah, I know. I gave hey, it Eric before and, you know. uh, this one's for this one's for Eric and Greg. Okay. Uh oh. Um, do you guys, I went to Platteville for college. Okay. Were you an engineer? Are you an engineer? Do you guys, no, I was a biologist. Okay. Okay. So, well, mostly I was a football player, <laughs> but anyway, so I went to Platteville for college and everyone always raved about, uh, Wyalusing and Wildcat Mountain. And I was in a class, and we went camping at both of them for a field trip with this class. And I really want to know if either one of you have ever hunted there. Wild Wilding, yeah. For the last eleven years, Wildcat, no. Wildcat, no. But Greg's coming to Wild Loosing this year. Mm -hmm. It's it's been said. Wild Loosing. I worked for a auction company that we we were up in Bagley. I know Bagley. We stayed in Bagley. And yep. Well, Bagley's a no, no offense. Very small town. It's a very small town. We'll just say that. You can leave it right there. Yeah, ice fishing capital of the fucking world, I guess, according to them. Well, the river's so, right there, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Bagley ain't much to look at, but their uh, <clears throat> their diner serves a hell of a pulled pork or a uh, breaded pork tenderloin, and uh, sounds good. I always felt like that down there in the on the bluffs of the Mississippi would be a hell of a good spot to deer hunt. And then all my friends up by lacrosse always kill big deer too. I lost you. I don't know. Hello. I was reading a comment. Turns out oh, Eric, and Greg are, Eric and Greg are both going to shoot big ones this fall in November in Wyalusing. <laughs> Who the hell's Michael nice. John? Well, I like the. Uh, <laughs> I don't care much for swamps, but I really like the river bottom fucking. Wide open country, river bottom ground. River bottom bucks make the rotten world go around, buddy. We're gonna, we're gonna. I know. I. There's another caller. What's happening tonight? This is not. Normal. I can't. <laughs> I don't know, but you guys are cutting out real bad, so I'm me. just gonna let you go. I, I came out. All right. All right. Well, it's me that's cutting out real bad. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Have a good one, Brian. Happy birthday. All right. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Sorry, I wasted. Sorry, I wasted your time. You no, didn't waste any not time. At all. Not at all. Uh, I, Jesus, that was an awesome call out of the blue. Uh, Sean, you're still with us here. We have another caller. Yep. Do you want to? Do you want to risk another one? <laughs> Sorry about that. Sure, Sean. why not? All right. Oh, you're who, fine. Who do we got? This uh, is all new to me. Yeah, it's a live call-in show that I mentioned, and we probably wouldn't have calls. Hey, you're live on the podcast. Hey, Eric, it's Noah. Oh, what's up, Noah? Did you get your uh, your saddle yet? Oh, hey. No, not yet, but uh, funny enough, I'm actually in the tree right now. <laughs> and you're calling us? What are you doing, Noah? Must not be you're much not action there. Deer, or did you kill one game? already? Uh, this is like when Eric calls us and he's like, hey, there's big bucks all well, around me. What <laughs> do I do? One, hang up the phone, one, up the phone and go kill one. <laughs> Sorry, Noah. <laughs> Noah, what you got yeah, cooking, well, man? Uh, it's dark out I my area. I took a shot about five minutes ago. <gasps> hey. And? Congratulations. So, uh, well, 
still in the tree waiting her out. Okay. That's a smart choice, as we talked about earlier on this episode. What does your gut instinct tell you? Yeah, what are you feeling there? Good hit or not? Uh... I, I don't know. It might have been a little low again. Okay. Did you hear a good pop? On this one, you know, we were talking about. I, I heard a good pop. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I don't see the arrow on the ground. So we'll see. Okay. I mean, it might be there. You didn't get down yet, did you? Still in the tree. What was the shot? Quartering two, quartering no, way, no, broadside. How far? Up. What do you, what do you tell? Break it down real quick. Well. <clears throat> Uh, she came in from about 300 yards, crossed behind me, came into another clearing. Oh, I see the, I think I see the arrow on the other side of the field. Nice. I thought I just saw like a little blue flash. So you got, you're okay. shooting a lighted knock? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So you didn't get full penetration right away, but a deer ran with the arrow hanging out of it and it fell out and you probably are seeing it now that it's dark enough. Nice. Possibly, yeah. Okay. Probably so give me a good so. blood trail or something. How far is the shot? Uh, 30 yards. What are you shooting? Nice. Uh, old bear. Um, fixed broadheads. Okay. Fixed broadhead, good. I don't know if you guys use the Reaper fix. I've never used them, but, you know, but, yeah. it should be oh, good. They're sharp out of the box. Yeah, as I mean, they, sharp. They've killed my other two deer that I've got, so, you know, yeah. I know they can do it. Yeah, that's right. Put it where it belongs, <laughs> and no problem. Never have we ever gotten a call into the podcast <laughs> Hell of yeah, someone man. shooting Congrats. a deer five minutes prior to their call, Noah. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. Good job, man. Sounds like you got to go track well, your meat. That's I called. I'm like, sweet, they're still on. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to get down and oh. maybe get a look and uh, shoot some video and send it. At least get a yeah, look at your blood. Will. Yeah, get a look but, at your uh, blood. Yeah, you got a lot. Of, you got Definitely a lot of work cut out for you tonight. Sounds like. Definitely looking forward to that latitude saddle, though. Sweet, it's on the, the way. Is, uh, it's on the way. I know it's on the way. It's got to wait. Those guys are are uh, <laughs> they are incredibly busy, and they also have every you know they have all the woes of business problems that you could think comes with that territory, and they're busting their butts to take care of everybody. So just be patient. It's coming. Yep. I tell you, Do you uh, stand same- with a saddle. You you don't have to, but no. you can. I mean, you can put your knees into the tree and try and shoot. But ideally, yes, mm-hmm. standing on a platform. I had knee into tree. When yeah. I shot. Well, and I usually put a knee into a tree to <clears throat> stabilize to stabilize <clears throat> myself, so I not. Well, I'm more or less just like when you're waiting on the deer to show up. Do you have to stand on the tree? Not necessarily. No. No. You on. could. You could. I call it a knapsack. You just hanging like a little baby. Yeah, it's a matter of adjusting your bridge, but you can like kind of go, you know, sit, almost stand, fetal position. Crunch, where there's you guys who crunching. sit with both legs on the side and just yep. kind of lean into it, so there's no real pressure on your feet. Your feet are just kind of using to stabilize yourself. So yeah. You don't yeah, a lot of adjustability. Noah, go track that deer, man. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Yes, yep, I will. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. buddy. Good, Good luck. luck. Um. Yeah. Where were I we? actually forgot to mention this about my nephew. Yeah. Uh, my oldest nephew. He actually he was born club feet as well. Really? Holy crap. Wow, man. Interesting. Well, How's he doing? You he's for a mentor. In, uh, he's doing pretty good. He's had more surgeries than me, and his feet are a little messed up due to other circumstances. But he's playing football. Wow. wow. That's what? Yeah. That seems crazy to me. 
good for her. Good for you for I played like, football too. So. He's got you as a mentor. I think that's pretty special, you know, to have someone in his life. Well, he sees you doing it. Right. And he knows that it's definitely possible. And doable thing. Just keep going for it. Yeah. And plus, I'm not going to let him get away with the stuff that <laughs> I know you can't get away with. Yeah. There right. you go. Sean, how do people find you on social? How do they find your podcast? Point people in the right direction. Well, if you want to find me, I'm on Facebook at The Adaptive Outdoorsman. Uh, I'm the same for, let me double check on that Instagram because you got to love how you try and put something out and they say, nope, you can't have that. So let me just look here. Yep. The underscore adaptive underscore outdoorsman for Instagram. I tr am working my way through the rigors of YouTube and Twitter. So if you want to find me on there, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, it's, I believe, the adaptive outdoorsman. I knew I should have had these prepared for something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Adaptive outdoorsmen, they'll yeah. find you. And yeah. uh, no, thanks yeah. for thanks yeah. for just uh, the you. Yeah, it's weird. They won't allow uh, adaptive outdoorsmen, but the adaptive outdoorsmen. It's similar to the way Meat Eater had to work their stuff around. The Meat Eater. Yeah, that's I get a it. good point. Yeah, you have to have the in front of everything. Is it but, yeah, the or just is look it up the? for. Well, whichever one, but if you just look on, do a simple Google search for adaptive outdoorsman podcast, you'll find me. I got a link tree and in, on my Instagram and Facebook and all that puts to the majority of my, my, uh, socials plus the podcast. And I'm on every single podcast, uh, thing that platform. And currently we're at, think we're we're at 58 i believe no we're not 58 we're going to probably by the end of october we'll be at episode 61 so cool cool little over uh, halfway to 100 now so got past the halfway mark keep cranking man keep keep and, going yep yeah thanks for Hopefully being getting some new stuff out yeah, keep keep her moving, man. You know, keep doing what you're doing. I think what you're doing is special and, and unique. And uh, I think there's definitely folks that you're going to inspire more than we're going to inspire. What you're doing is very inspiring. So thanks for being our guest tonight. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for having me on. Good this luck. is fun. Yeah, good luck this season, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you guys as well. Thank you. I was yep. going to end the stream.